So right so- now, Jesse and I are cutting ties with Kostya for his refusal <laughs> to speak up for towing the organizational line. Welcome everybody to Dojo Talks. Uh, we've got the three senseis reunited after after a while here, and, and um, just wanted to briefly explain the delay. Um, Kosti and Jesse wanted everybody to know that it was not their fault that there was a break <laughs> in the show, but it was entirely uh, on me. I flew to another country, um, a first world country where I expected that one could sign up for internet and then, you know, somebody would show up in your house the next day and turn it and put, plug in some cords, or maybe they would say the cords are already there. So we just have to press a button and back. But um, yeah, I've been here in France for four weeks more at this point, And um, I don't have a real internet connection yet. So that has been cramping our dojo style. Um, other than that, having a really cool time here in France, I can definitely recommend the country to anyone who doesn't need to work on the internet. Um, it's great for people who like bread, uh, which is me. It's great for people who like walking, also me. Great for people who uh, like, uh, I don't know, like a medium pace of life. Not super, not super hyped up and fast, not super dead. Um, there's always some cool stuff going on here, but people aren't in a rush to get to it. So, yeah, things mm-hmm. things are good for me here. Um, but also, you know, I've missed the dojo, and I'm happy to get back to this. And we've got a sort of potpourri of, uh, of topics for you all today. Um, some of these topics were current two weeks ago, some of them one week ago. But we're going to go through four topics here today and get all caught up on recent chess world happenings. Yeah, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of drama, David, since since you've been you've been gone. Um, yeah. So I'm sure people have been waiting to hear our takes on all these big. Actually, there's some big stories we're not even touching today because we feel like they deserve their own their own episode. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, well, shall we get into it? Let's yeah. do it. Okay. All right. Our first topic here um, is all about Hans. We haven't talked about Hans yeah. in a while. Uh, there wasn't a lot going on, but recently it was announced they settled the lawsuit in, in some regard between Hans, Chess.com, and Magnus. I'll just quickly catch everyone up. Basically, they've uh, kind of legally forgiven each other. Hans is now allowed to play on Chess.com, which is a big big change um, from earlier. Of course, he was banned. He's now dropped the lawsuit. Magnus himself said that he is willing to play Hans in future competitions, which is another big update, right? It seemed like he wasn't uh, just going to play him at all anymore. And uh, and now Hans is back. He's streaming. He was playing Title Tuesday. He's actually streaming quite a lot these days, playing Mm -hmm. on chess.com. And uh, yeah, it's like... um, it's almost like the whole thing never happened. I mean, I don't know. What, what, what was yeah. uh, your guys' impression on this? Yeah, I mean, there's there was news. There was a bump in interest and people on the street asking you or, or friends calling you up to ask you what you thought about it. Um, 
but I feel like it's almost been 10 months that it was on the back burner of the story. I know that we're, you know, coming up on the one year anniversary of the Sinkfield Cup. Basically, it was um, one year. Yeah, it was September last year. Yeah. But I feel like there was about, you know, one to two months where there was news, stuff was coming out, people were arguing about it. Now it's been quiet for 10 months. Uh, my first impression on it was that this like little two or three sentence statement Hans made was uh, was unsatisfying to myself. I would have liked to see him apologize for a frivolous lawsuit, and instead he thanked his legal team for their excellent efforts. And I think they were, I mean, bozos, I mean, even among lawyers. So I, I was not satisfied by that. Yeah. yeah, so we just back up. David's big thing back when this broke was that he was opposed to the frivolous lawsuit, which which I think is a good take. And it's not a take that most people had. Like, as fans, we're like, oh, lawsuit, lawsuit, whatever, you know? But, right, lawsuits are terrible, and they can yeah. divide the chess community immensely. Um, another famous one, actually, the the big frivolous one from back in the day, right, was when Susan yeah. Pope sued U.S. chess. Oh, yeah. buddy, that destroyed that was even worse and more. Yeah, than that was insane. Yeah. And when that happened also, I was like, well, pretty obvious that somebody's not a nice person. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that's interesting to me about it with our topics today, because we're going to talk about the other legal action in a totally different sphere of chess, is that it's unsatisfying for the chess public when these things kind of go behind closed doors right? Mm -hmm. Because then we don't know anything about what happened and we don't get any resolution. And in a lot of ways with both the cheating question and the gender questions we're going to get into later, like we need some kind of resolution. We need some kind of public discussion. And then the lawsuit completely takes it out of public view, right? right. And then they, they give a mealy mouth statement and then it's kind of like, no, no, no yeah. one's saying anything. So there's absolutely zero resolution for the chess community. Yeah. A lot of lawsuits end in settlements. Sometimes oh. from the settlement, you can really clearly glean who was right or wrong. But most settlements include, you know, that they're not going to talk about it in public. Right. And so they often do leave you wondering who was truly wrong. Did anyone ever apologize or what? Uh -huh. Like, what's the deal? Or is it just you know, business expedience for both sides, and we don't know who was at fault. Um, so you guys, based on what you see, the the settlement that Kostya sort of listed out, do either of you feel like one side or another came out ahead in the settlement or conceded more in the settlement than the other side? I don't know. To me, it feels like um, Hans definitely got more out of it than people might have expected at first. A lot of people were saying the lawsuit was just going to be like thrown out, you know, dismissed, like he was going to get nothing. He might get hit with like an anti-slap suit, right? Like, um, yeah. you know, lots of people were calling it like frivolous and stuff. But now he's able to play again on chess.com. He's able to play against Magnus. Like he's on the way to kind of like restoring his image a bit. Um, probably going to start to receive more invites. Um, and then the monetary side is not clear. It's not clear if there was like a financial settlement or or not. But the fact that chess.com is letting him 
back on their site. I feel like that's a pretty that's a pretty big win for mm-hmm. for Hans in this case. Yeah. My guess too is chess.com is just like, well, let him back. It's good for chess.com anyway, right? Um, and then if they can get rid of the lawsuit that way, then for sure, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's not exactly an L for chess.com because now they get Hans back on their site and in their events. And if he, you know, ends up playing Magnus in some kind of big chess.com event, I mean, that's going to get insane views, right? So I don't think they're necessarily, it doesn't, I don't know, it's not clear to me that they're like, oh, begrudgingly letting him back. (laughs) More like now he's just this incredibly famous figure from, uh, you know, marketing content point of view. It'd be kind of dumb not to let him play. Um, So I'll push back a little bit, though, that his image is kind of on the way back. I think for... The majority of chess fans that they feel like Magnus was in the wrong and that it was a terrible thing to happen to Hans and he's got to get his, you know, he had his time in court and now he's going to have his time playing. But at the top, it's still the same. And let's just bring it up. Uh, Kramnik allows Hans to mate him in two moves as a protest. And what a gesture. It was like, it was like, welcome back, Hans. But you know what? We still think you're a cheater. The people at the top do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah. hold on, Jesse. Again, yeah. that <laughs> that happened yeah. in game two after Kramnik yeah. loses, you know, uh, presumably clean game, right? To, yeah. Like he loses game one and then game two, yeah. he goes this like F. So again, he's like Magnus. First he plays him, loses, uh, and then he cries foul. <laughs> so, okay. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> we were talking about the rehabilitation of Hans, right? Yeah. And I think it's a hard road. And one of the things, the big problem for Hans, okay, is that his rating has dropped fairly dramatically. And if I'm, if I, I don't really have super strong feelings on this case. I really don't. But if his rating stop starts dropping, it went. I just checked today. It's gone to 2660. He was above 2700 during the heat of the cheating scandal. If it stays there or continues to drop. It just, it's not a good look. <laughs> it's not a good look at all, dude. It just suggests like, oh yeah, there was a little bit of help going on there. You know, that's what it mm-hmm. looks like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I got to push back on that one too. Cause like, I mean, a lot of players, when they get up to 2,700, they mm-hmm. immediately drop down. Sometimes it's because yeah. they don't get like invited to top events where they can play higher rated players. And if yeah. you're like a strong GM, like 2,700 and you're only playing lower rated players, and look at mm-hmm. Hans's case. He gets to play high-rated players very infrequently these days. Uh-huh. So to me, him dropping rating because he's playing a bunch of open tournaments against like unrated players. He played this uh, Tin Jingyao kid from Singapore who's now like, I don't know, 2,600 strength when the guy was like 2,300 feet. <laughs> that's, that's bad luck. That's, <laughs> that's really... I mean, we yeah. all have those problems though. And um, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm not making any kind of accusation. I'm just saying it's not a good look and it will be a continued to be a not a good look, especially for the top players like Kramnik. Yeah. If the guy does not c- cross back over. Twice. Yeah. I mean, if Kostya's saying it's not proof and it happens quite a lot, agreed. But if Jesse's saying like, well, you would rather maintain your rating and like, you know, if you're losing, if you're going down more than 50 points, that would be quite a lot. Right now he's at minus whatever, 45 or something. If you're down 50 points or more, Jesse's right. That's going to look sort of bad, right? 
Sure. It's man. like if you oh, avoid sure. questioning after a, after a crime, right? Avoiding questioning doesn't prove that you were guilty, right? But right, a right. lot of people who are innocent would would submit to questioning. So, yeah, no, no, definitely there have been people I've I've been seeing on the internets questioning Hans and bringing up like the rating thing. But does that mean that if he gets back to twenty seven hundred? Does that absolve him or does that mean like, oh, he was just working on his chest. So that's why <laughs> I mean, that's that, what that he... I don't get. It's like the people that are like, oh, this is a sign that he had assistance before. It's like, well, that would mean he's like uh, like a twenty five hundred level player. Right. Because like the accusations, they go way back to when he was supposedly cheating. Mm-hmm. It started. To well, cheat. he may also have been getting better. It's hard to know exactly how good he was. Right. So, yeah, well, that's what makes this whole thing. It's like, I mean, it's just pure pure speculation yeah yeah it would be much harder to know if you weren't super strong and <laughs> i don't want to rehash it but the event that looks really bad okay was that u.s junior that he won and he won game after game and the moves look very computery and the the reason that event in particular is so fascinating to me is because I've we've all been well. I get maybe David hasn't, but me and Kosi have spent a lot of time at the St. Louis Chess Club, and it seems hard to imagine how you would cheat. But that was also held basically in the same conditions as, say, like the U.S. Open, St. Field Cup, that kind of stuff, right? So <laughs> questions linger. They're there, you know. They're yeah. there, and let me just say, in a broader picture thing, uh, it's not about Hans for me. It's about cheating in general. Um, and it's, that's the bigger topic that really, to me, the legal, when the legal thing went behind doors, it was kind of a bummer because we need a process to figure out how this is going to be adjudicated in the future. Cause it's going to come up. Right. Um, yeah. let me tell you a quick story. So, um, Jamil, my student, he's about 2000 Chesscom and we are in this state, like around, around the 2000s of the Chesscom where, I'm going to say 50%, 50%, 5 of the people he's playing against are cheating. In the, in, in the rapid pool, yeah? Yeah, in just a disgusting, deliberate way. And it's like that level, oh, man. And so, first of all, that, that, that that's what I would call a, a culture of cheating at that point. Because then when you start seeing that, then you're going to start doing it too. And then it's like those people have less to lose, obviously, than say Hans. If those people get banned, they're not, you know, chess isn't their life or something. But still, it's like, oh, we're seeing epic levels of cheating now. And it's not going down. It's going up, uh, at least at the lower levels. So it's like what I'm seeing, especially with the online chess, uh, is that it's just rampant on a level that, it's just like hard for me to fathom. Hard for me to fathom as well how chess.com is going to deal with it. You know, that's a really good point that like how this case plays out kind of sends a signal to the whole chess community right. about how do we all as a community feel about cheating. Um, and that could have some really big impacts on everybody. Whereas the specifics of whether Hans got any money or not, or if he apologized or Magnus apologized, may not touch anybody directly, but it is going to kind of set some community tone about cheating. 
The other thing that was very, I feel, Hans related that no one even wanted to touch was when the Azeri guy who did super well in the World Cup, playing in his home turf, and then they did not institute a delay on the broadcast. When he started doing really well, way above his rating at a kind of older stage of, you know, he was like forever, he was in the 2600s, and then all of a sudden he's performing at a 2800 level. It was suddenly, it was like, oh, that's not a good look. And then Magnus didn't say anything this time, you know? And yeah. it, and of course, Magnus, maybe if Magnus had lost, he would have said something, but it looked real bad. And it was partly on the organizers that they blew it and didn't do the delay. And I'm just like, what are you guys doing? We have to have some kind of at least like safeguards, a culture of like anti-cheating or something. We need to have some kind of, decision about how this all gets adjudicated and like played out in, in higher level events. Yeah. And there was That's a key surprising. detail about Abbasov, I think, in that he's one of the players that is like listed as being one of those players that like either has a second account or has been in trouble for like online cheating. So he's mm -hmm. kind of like in a similar um, let's say bucket as Hans, where you have these like, right. and but this was actually a point I wanted to bring up. It's like this is the weird thing about the Hans case. I actually keep going like back and forth. Obviously, like all cheating is bad. Online cheating is bad. Cheating in like prize events, right? It's particularly bad. You're like stealing from professionals. Um, according to Chess.com, like Hans was cheating in like Title Tuesdays, uh, Speed Chess Championship qualifiers, and like uh, Pro mm -hmm. Chess League. So a lot of like very very important events. But he's not the only pro player to have cheated in these events. They've caught right. quite a few number of grandmasters. Somehow he's the one that's gotten just the absolute brunt of it, right, from mm -hmm. the, the community. And right. yeah. why is that? Partly, mainly because of Magnus, right? It's like, that's what kind of, and, and this like happened in like an OTB event. So it's like, it's this weird case where um, someone clearly does something wrong in their youth, right, as, the, as a teenager. And now it's like, there's this overwhelming punishment. And it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's fair to this one guy who's doing something that older grandmasters, you know, more mature players also like have done, uh, you know, and maybe even, even more egregious fashions. And there's no clear evidence, like there's no concrete evidence, evidence he actually cheated OTB, right? So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of the chess world feels like Hans got a very uh, unfair hand in this whole thing, just based on how everything played out. Oh, for sure. That's that's the interesting thing, too. Like, sociologically, it's like, oh, Hans is the big winner in terms of the popularity contest, for sure. For sure. And they don't so understand the Kramnik or the Magnus Carlsen position. You know, they're not, they don't have any, any scope for that, about what that might be. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me give you guys a good question from chat uh, to expand on this topic just a little bit. We have automatic ATM machines saying, you know, in the past we've called cheating accusations into question as being, you know, something that one shouldn't throw around. And there's probably been an exclam cheating Command in our channel to tell people not to just throw around these accusations. Mm -hmm. So Automatic asks, should the lawsuit have ended with an apology from Magnus? And I want to just expand that to, you know, would the whole thing feel much better, much more settled with an apology from somebody? Like regardless of who you think is 
to blame. You may think it's Magnus. You may think it's somebody else. Um, would you guys like to see an apology uh, in the conclusion here? Well, clearly you wanted an apology from Hans about just doing the lawsuit. I would, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, apologies are usually good for closure. <laughs> you know, it kind of makes mm -hmm. you feel like the thing um, is is over. I don't know. Honestly, I feel like all, all three parties here kind of did something wrong, like Hans, Chess.com, and, and Magnus. The biggest thing I feel like that Hans messed up is that when he came clean, in quotes, he like totally underplayed the amount of cheating that he either did or was accused of doing. Um, so, okay, not only does he cheat, he then just like lies about it right at the perfect moment, like where actually he should have just been like totally honest about the extent of it. That was pretty bad. But then chess.com, it's like they totally go back and forth where they like, they ban him, they let him back, they ban him, they let him back. They released this huge report about how they had 100% perfect reason to ban him for the site. Then they let him back. It's like, no. So they need to kind of like explain what exactly is um, their, uh, their policy, right? It's like, because now a lot of people, they saw that outcome and they're like, oh, so cheating is now okay on chess.com. That was like their, that's what they got out of it because Hans is back. You know, they're letting him back in, but they're not saying anything that they were wrong or anything like that. And then Magnus, of course, obviously had his reasons, but clearly wasn't good enough, uh, you know, not convincing enough at all uh, to do what he did. And clearly there's got to be better ways of accusing players uh, at the top if you really suspect someone of, uh, of cheating. I think chess.com, it's, it's very problematic because it's in their interest not to go to court. It's in their interest not to persecute cheaters. And now it's filtering down to like I'm seeing with the 2000 thing, like the Hans case is actually connected to my students' briefs around 2000 because they treat these people the same way. I'm looking at this band account, or not band account, this guy that clearly was a cheater. And now he, he used to be online every day. He won like 30 games in a row, right? And then now he's not online. And I think what's going on, pretty sure, is that chess.com has said, listen, buddy, you're you were a cheater so now confess and then we'll let you back on and you can do that a couple of times and then if you do it three times then you're out this is even just some random guy who's getting this treatment right and then the same thing is essentially happening happened with hans we go to court there's no real interest in chess.com kicking the guy out forever there would be the pr problem in addition to like what do they gain and now they get him back and he's streaming on their title Tuesday, I saw that stream the other day. He had a gazillion views, you know, great for chess.com. So chess.com has a, a problem with their motivations, right? I get it. It's a business decision for them to let the cheaters run amok. But for the rest of us, it's like, oh, it's a real problem. Imagine, imagine you're my student, Jamil, dude. And like a lot of these pandemic players, they're not it's a very big leap for them to start playing over the board. And so they want to get better and they're playing these online games and like more than 50% of your opponents are cheaters. Your mind starts going loopy, you know? It's like, well, is this a cheater or not? I don't know. 
you know, and then your mind is you, you just lose it and you start going on tilt. You start like <laughs> you start. And then once once your mind starts going on tilt and you start like reporting people and then investigating them. Oh, your God. Chest, yeah. Your chest is out the window. Your chest is completely out the window. At that. That's why yeah. people got to join the dojo and play against right. our <laughs> training students here because we have fewer, not zero cheaters, unfortunately, but fewer, fewer cheaters when you actually like know the person you're playing and like everyone's in a community people have a lot to lose here in the dojo so it's like yeah it's kind of a it's a better environment yeah um to follow on what jesse said like i could actually imagine a situation where everybody apologizes for something you know and that that would make me feel really good um i, I like to i have much more faith and trust in people who can say what part they could have done better or something like that. Um, for me, yeah, apologies would be very, very satisfying. So I like that. I like that question. And um, um, I don't know for sure who should have apologized for how much. That's part of the, the murkiness because, you know, the, the settlement happens behind closed doors. It's not clear to me from the settlement who was right or wrong, et cetera, or to what extent different parties were all wrong <laughs> about some part of it. So it's hard for me to know, but I would love uh, to have that that extra clarity and also to have that extra uh, trust in, in, in people. So, you know, it's possible that Magnus needs to apologize. It's possible that he knows that Hans cheated, but he can't prove it to anybody else, you know, and none of us will ever understand because he understands at some other level than us or who knows what. I mean, that's just the uncertainty we are stuck with, which I think sucks. You have you you know chess.com better than any of us here, David. You have a sense mm -hmm. of what they could do if they or what they should do with the cheating. Yeah. Yeah, they should have a verified pool of players. Um, where basically you have to do something to prove your identity to chess.com. Something so there's some cost, right? If you get caught. Right now you can create a free account, cheat all you want get banned, start a new account, cheat all you want, et cetera, right? So you just need to put a little cost on there, right? So for example, if I have to verify my identity, then um, then I, I would need a new ID to cheat again. Right? Um, or if I have to put my credit card on my account or get charged a dollar or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they tried a thing with a verified check mark um, about, I don't know. Yeah. When was it, Kosi? A year and a half ago? Yeah, last year, year two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say maybe somewhere around January 2022. Um, and they like took it back really quickly. But it, it's something in that direction is is the only real solution. Because right now you're policing cheating, which is costing you money and resources, and you get nothing out of it, and they just keep coming back. So you're playing a game of whack-a-mole where you're paying for every whack. Um, and they just need to make the moles pay instead you know put in a cost for popping up <laughs> instead of a cost for hammering <laughs> okay um shall we move on let's move on yeah all right next topic this next one is hot oh buddy yeah a couple of weeks ago at this point lee chess announced that they are cutting ties with couple organizations I work for, St. Louis Chess Club, U.S. Chess, 
Um, then not long after that, Chess.com also released a statement saying they're also cutting ties with St. Louis Chess Club. Um, not U.S. Chess, though. Chess.com didn't, didn't say anything about U.S. Chess. Um, all this has to do, of course, with the big Alejandro Ramirez story. Came out, like, earlier this year. Recently also, like, very recently, Jen Shahadi, she also resigned from U.S. Chess uh, for basically similar reason. Um, mm -hmm. The Lee Chess, they put out a whole blog about it that people should should go read. But essentially, they feel like uh, St. Louis Chess Club, U.S. Chess, they didn't do enough investigating with the allegations. Uh, they, um, in U.S. Chess's case, they hired Alejandro to coach the U.S. women's team, I think in 2022, for the Olympiad. Um, St. Louis Chess Club, of course, continued to employ him as well um, after the alleged allegations came in. And uh, yeah, so obviously, huge story. Um, I feel like I can't talk about it too much as like an employee of the St. Louis Chess Club, but uh, you're all in, deal. dude. Look at, the, look <laughs> at you and your institutional the, uh... <laughs> It's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal in the chess right. world, right? So I'll leave well, you Jesse guys and I will the, run uh, wild the spicy if, take. If you don't yeah. <laughs> That's you hilarious don't though, you guys. Look, he's already uh, so embedded. He, so, so hold on, let's just say something. So we're talking about institutions here, right? U.S. Chess, St. Louis Chess Club how they deal with accusations. And one amazing thing just happened on our show where Kostya's like, nah, maybe I don't want to talk about it. And for years, St. Louis and U.S. Chess also didn't want to talk about it, right? Yeah. And so right so now, Jesse and I are cutting ties with Kostya for his refusal <laughs> to speak up, for towing the organizational line. No, I'm not uh, towing the organizational line. This is uh, normal. Uh, it's like if, uh, I don't know, you had a friend involved in a huge controversy and mm -hmm. you wouldn't want to talk about them, right? It's like, not only yes, do I, I work would. for the club, I know a lot of these people at the club, right? U.S. chess as well. Um, <laughs> uh -huh, Just keep talking, buddy. Keep I, talking. I, I, would, I would talk about my friend. I would give my opinion. So okay, um, well, that's okay. <laughs> let me, let me, I, I did. I gave my opinion about Danny when you know the when the uh, when the lawsuit came out. Right? I said I know Danny personally. Um, but let me give you a little. You were defending bit. Danny. Yeah. Let me get a little more backstory because I think a lot of people listening um, might not get it. And uh, so, this was a pattern of behavior with Alejandro basically going after young girls using a position of power to do so. Right. This was going on for years. And Jen and others had complained to both U.S. Chess and St. Louis, and it really looked like nothing was happening. Jen then goes out and does a tweet. And that tweet gets picked up. Wall Street Journal does a big old piece. It looks bad. OK, um, so let me just say. Then what's interesting about the institutional character of it, and then like Kostya not wanting to talk about it, is Jen was big in St. Louis. She was on the board of the Hall of Fame over there. Big deal. And has always been a big person behind the scenes in St. Louis. And that this is going back a decade, right? Um, has been also a big person in U.S. chess. 
So <clears throat> what's then fascinating about it, right, is like the public, when Jen does her tweet, are 100,000% behind her, right? Go, Jen. Thank you, Jen, for doing this. But St. Louis and U.S. Chess, they are pissed because they're like, wait a second, we had our own process. Again, like I was saying, <laughs> the Magnus case, a behind the scenes process that no one can see completely untransparent. And we had our own process, Jen, and you just called us out, made us look terrible. And the cases themselves now get undermined because of what you did, right? right. So they are pissed. And then it's this interesting thing where there's no public um, support for U.S. Chess or St. Louis when they complain to Jen like that. And then also for me either, but then, you know, they, you know, direct their anger towards her. She leaves U.S. chess, might leave St. Louis, right? And then me and Kosi had the interesting experience. We're like hanging out with Jen at the U.S. Open. Now the U.S. Open is where the U.S. chess gets together and does their little conferences, talks, they get together, they hobnob, yada, yada, decide some things. At this US uh, Open, very recent, this is before the Lee Chess thing broke. We'll talk about Lee Chess in just a second, right? Um, they have decided they're not gonna talk about it at all, okay? This is like the biggest thing that had happened that whole year and they're like, no, we're not gonna talk about it at all. Amazing to me, amazing, right? They're gonna talk about everything else, but they're not gonna talk about that. I got one of the most stupid emails possible from them around this time, Jesse, about how they'd hired some consultants to insist that TDs do some kind of online sensitivity training or something. Uh huh. And because uh, kids aren't allowed to take that class, they're revoking the TD ship of all, uh, you know, kids. Because you speak, kids would run, you know, chess clubs sometimes if they were so inclined and motivated. So now, like now, if you're like a 14 year old kid at your high school, you can't run like tournaments mm. for your for your friends because oh, of some. Yeah. Oh, my God. So wait, so let me just give a little bit more backstory. Then after me and Kosia leave the US Open, the Lee Chess story breaks <clears throat> and Lee Chess did a really deep dive. They had somebody there. I think I kind of sort of know the people, but I don't know personally. Anyways, they did a really deep dive, very well researched uh, about their timeline much deeper than the Wall Street Journal. Very painful for me to read because I feel like I knew so many of the people involved. And it's interesting in a variety of respects. First of all, like Lee Chess taking a stand like this, as an institution, it's not in your necessarily your interest to take a stand like this. So that was like, you know, because you divide any stand you take, any political thing, like let's say yeah. you are uh, for the Armenians or you're against the Azeris, you're going to lose yeah. people, right? Yeah. Stuff like that. It's like it's really not in your interest to make any kind of divisive statement. Yeah. Anyways, they go for it in a way it looks courageous. And let me just say, I'm going to bring it back now, end this uh, backstory, is to me the big problem with what Lee Chess did was they didn't use it as a point of negotiation. They just basically said, we don't like what you did, and so therefore we're not gonna work with you anymore. Instead of saying, listen, this is what we don't like, and if you fix this, then we're willing to talk, right? They mm -hmm. just cut ties completely.
Um, and then, then Chesscom, not wanting to let be left out, also cuts ties. And yeah. Chesscom or Chesscom has more to lose because they have uh, events in St. Louis, yeah. more of an interaction with them. But their statement yeah. was real bland and lawyer-like, you know. So um, <laughs> there we are with that situation. Well, Chess's post was pretty fiery. Oh, dude, that was I, I encourage everyone <laughs> to read it. I mean, it was it was well researched. I mean, it's just really well yeah. researched. Yeah. They also documented a whole second case, right? A player yeah. other than Alejandro, and that was all in there. They documented a whole second case and how U.S. Chess had never mentioned it or brought it up. So that's part of the reasoning for cutting for cutting off ties with any U.S. chess events as well as St. Louis chess events, right? Yeah, I believe so. Are you talking about uh, Gareev, right, in terms of right. Lee Chess? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, how can we work with you or trust you or promote your events when not only is your response on Ramirez like sketchy, but like you're not even you're not even admitting to this whole second story. Right. That they had to go research, but obviously US chess knew about. So I I I Jesse, I mean maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it's such a mistake to to cut off ties instead of using it as a bargaining chip. I think it's kind of like implicit that if you clean up your act, uh, that you know things can change down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, change leadership, change policies, maybe even make an apology. Oh my God, <laughs> you know. I mean, wasn't USCS statement like we did nothing wrong, but we can't tell you anything about how we figured out that we did nothing wrong that more or less and honestly i think it was statement. that statement that really triggered the lee chess <laughs> investigation and the thing because it was so yeah. like in your face of we did absolutely nothing wrong and that right. was this the the kind of the feel that's the kind of people who say that are also going to be the people who at their yearly get together decide they're not going to talk about because it it's done we don't need to talk about it anymore you know yeah that's the same. So thing. I think it's fine to cut ties. And then, you know, if things change, then you change your policy later. I think it's reasonable. I mean, they were basically saying this is egregious. And, you know, we make choices about who we work with and what we support. And obviously, they're not going to gain anything by cutting off St. Louis or US chess, or as you said, by making any statement that's going to alienate somebody, right? Um, They have nothing to gain from doing it other than, you know, doing the right thing and making the people you do want to spend your time with feel more comfortable being with you. Okay. But David, let me ask you something. Me and me and Kosti were talking about this a little earlier and you're a perfect person to ask this question to. So me and Kosti's coconuts are definitely getting touched in this whole thing in a variety of aspects. And let me put it as a moral question then to you. Right. Kosti is working for the club. And is in pretty deep. Both. I worked for U.S. Chess as well. I was. Oh my God, he's in deep. Yeah, <laughs> he's really deep, dude. Coast is in the web, like really deep, dude. Okay, yeah. with both of those organizations, I'm in a little bit in that. Um, <clears throat> you know, I qualified for the U.S. Senior, and that will be in St. Louis, probably July next year. Right, U.S. Right. Senior Chess Championship. It's right. both U.S. Chess and STL event. There you go. Collab. There you go. <laughs> so, right. But to be fair, St. Louis kind of took the U.S. championship away from U.S. chess 
and that's a longer story, but that was because U.S. Chess was fundamentally incompetent at running the thing. So really, it's not anything to, in my head with anything to do with U.S. Chess. In any case, I am, I, you know, this was an event I very much uh, worked for into <laughs> all these qualifying <laughs> events, dude. It's like yeah. a big thing for me to go to this thing. So the question, David, is, Given yeah. that Lee Chess and, and Chesscom have split from these two organizations, to yeah. what degree are we in moral hazard by also not splitting? By not like splitting. Because once somebody takes a position, then people may ask you about your non-position. Well, not only right? ask or you, but just as a moral, a moral thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I just said like it was a reasonable thing for them to do, I didn't necessarily mean it was 100% Correct. I I hadn't really thought it through that much. I just said like you can do that, and then you can change later if you want to, right? Like it's not necessarily wrong. I mean, are you guys obligated to cut ties over this stuff? I think it's always a choice, right? Like like even for Jen, it was not, not an obvious choice. At what point should she keep trying to work with a group and move it in a positive direction versus quit the group, right? Um, right. Like she obviously worked at St. Louis and with U.S. Chess for many years. Um all the years during which, you know, these things were happening. Um, so I don't think it's like, I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but if there is one, it's not super easy or obvious to, to find on, to find it. Um, one of the things about it that's, you know, like, I, I feel as, I guess it's, my my coconuts are really being touched less than Costas because Costas is deep, dude. But like, it's unclear what benefit besides like us being feeling good about our moral virtue, um, what, what what it would do. Like, again, if I was to do it, I would do it as a bargaining thing. I'd be like, well, okay, me and me and Coaster are leaving until you fix such and such. Right. right. Um, but I don't that doesn't make any strategic sense to me about how that would go down. Um, but still, like, this is such a mammoth thing that Lee Chess and Chesscom did. And Chesscom in particular is going to take a hit for it, a bigger hit than I am. I would if I, you know, just split ties with those groups. Um, yeah. let, me, let me just put it, I'll let Costa speak after me. But I think uh, the thing I would say is if it were, the, the, the two institutions are completely uh, different in my mind. I mean, U.S. Chess is a, a bumbling organization. And in my experience in life, like once you have incompetence, uh, then moral problems follow closely behind. Like they're, they, they see it in the Baltimore Police Department. It's just like once you get dudes who don't know what they're doing, oh, the easy road out, you know, some nastiness comes close behind. So U.S. Chess is a vastly different organization in my mind than St. Louis, where St. Louis, my experience, is generally a very competent group of people that they definitely blew it with Alejandro, though. I mean, they definitely, definitely blew it. But still, I want to say St. Louis is a much better organization than U.S. Chess, doing much more for U.S. Chess than U.S. Chess. U.S. Chess, in my mind, basically is just responsible for the local rating system. That's all they are doing. Right. And they definitely are charging too much for kids to play in their events, you know, the rated right. events. So, anyways, I just want to say that for myself. Like, if it were if it were US, it was a US chess event, 
then I'd be like, ooh, maybe, maybe I could. Anyways, Kosa, tell us your tell us about your moral quandary, boss. <laughs> um, I don't have a ton of moral quandaries working for uh, the club or U.S. chess, but I do think clearly they mishandled the situation, right? Like that's what the fans think. I don't think Jen resigns from from U.S. chess. Um, she, I mean, she was working with St. Louis Chess Club as well, right? She doesn't leave these places without a very, very good reason. Um, and so, and it's clear from the fans' perspective that they kind of need more. They need more transparency. Like they need to know, like, like what happened, what they're gonna do about it, where they messed up. That was like you guys said, the big problem with the U.S. Chess statement is like, yeah, we did an investigation, and no, we did nothing wrong. <laughs> it's like clearly, clearly something went wrong. Clearly, like. And um, yeah, so, uh, and now we have like US chess members like on Twitter, like like defending them. It's very, it's very messy. Um, but clearly like, I think people want more of like an explanation and definitely more transparency, um, which is the problem with all these organizations, FIDE as well, you know, famously. I've figured out the answer to the quandary, whether or not you haven't. Okay. It just finally came to me. The answer is that whether you cut ties or stay, either way, if there's something that you think is important and that you disagree with, so I'm not saying like, oh, they're using black pens and they should use blue pens, like whatever, we have to let a lot of details slide, right? But if you've got a real problem with something that they've done or are doing, then your responsibility is to try to correct that to some extent, whether you stay or whether you go. Um, so if you, if, if you stay in a group that's, you know, where you've got a problem with it, you need to try to be improving that group, not just going with the flow of that group, right? Mm. Um, so that's, that's the answer. You don't have to stay or go, but you have to be trying to improve something that you disagree with. Mm. You know, that could be issuing a public statement, right? Like signing, like organizing a bunch of other players, signing a letter saying, no, we want you to release your your investigation it's not acceptable to keep it private or you know it could be to say we're going to vote out everybody on the board because the uscf is a voting organization right we're going to vote out anyone on the board who says we're not talking about this at our annual meeting like you guys were mentioning like take take some kind of action or movement right publicly say what you want or vote for something or organize some people there's a million reasons you could cut ties with anybody right i mean anybody's going to be doing something you disagree with uh the question is how egregious is it how big a problem do you have with it and is there anything you can do to try and improve the situation if it's important i'm a little surprised kostya that you find no moral hazard in <laughs> your embeddedness in this whole thing now i don't have a problem that you stay or anything but that you see no problem it's kind of interesting boss well i'm not like uh not on their board of directors i don't know how high up you guys think i am insane i'm not even like a full-time employee but lee chess was also not like super i mean you know they weren't a high <laughs> i think either. of you Costia, as a tiny cog a little yeah, piece you, that could easily fall off and nobody would even notice over there. Thank you, dude. Ah, you're a tiny dog. <laughs> um, well, Leeches, they were they were providing them with uh, technical support, so they're helping them, like, or they were helping uh -huh. them with their uh, broadcasts and and things like that. 
Yeah, but it's the cogs that keep the machine moving, boss. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it's the cogs' fault now. It's the little guy no. at the bottom. Well, the cogs bear responsibility for sure, dude. Responsibility yeah, you know. is parceled out. That's right. In little pieces. It's not just there's one person to blame and everybody else is clean always. Yeah, it's not like it's just Putin's problem, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like more people involved than Putin. There's some cogs yep. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's um, yeah, at the same time, what really bothers me is people treat these entire organizations as one. It's just like the organization is like a one unit in that, yeah, everyone inside is the same and thinks the same mm -hmm. and like would have acted the same. Um, yeah. Whereas which people in the organization is it most important to you that we see you as distinct from? <laughs> <laughs> well, well with these things, I don't know. It might have been uh, like, that's the thing. We don't know. It might have been one or two people in both cases that like maybe should have acted differently. I really don't know. Right. It's, well, uh, here's the interesting thing about St. Louis, though, too, is that uh, let me just paint a picture here. So Alejandro was deep within the organization, was the highest paid employee for years doing stuff like commentary camps, all kinds of stuff. The head, the head coach of the St. Louis chess team, which they created like another St. Louis powerhouse chess team, college chess team. So he had interactions with everybody there and everybody got a taste of a little bit of the sliminess that he was doing. They might not have known everything, Kind of like Harvey, like maybe you were yeah. involved with Harvey Weinstein and you didn't like know everything, but you you sensed it. So the the crazy yeah. thing about it is that it's kind of like a personal problem, and it it spreads through like everybody there through years who had been working with him, and that's a lot yeah. of people. Dude. That is simply a lot of people, and then it's so it's like no one's apologized. Everyone said they're totally clean. As and then my, you know, the big example of that to me was like when it, when the story broke, uh, Fabi and Kristen Chirilla, who like hung out with Alejandro for years, were like, "Oh yeah, we never saw anything." <laughs> yes, you did, boss. Yes, you did, buddy. Don't tell me that. You can you can admit, you know, that was that was inappropriate to me because it was like obviously, like for example, right. I didn't know Alejandro that well, but we like I played against him. I hung out with him like U.S. Championship 2010. When I say hung out, like he was in the room, yada yada. And I sensed the sliminess. We have the picture of him calling himself a pimp and like, dressing as a pimp, dude. And he would do yeah. it all the time, you know. The, 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 you know, so obviously it was seen, right? And so there's this really bizarre thing where it's not just the institution, but there are people in the institution who are not coming clean themselves. And that's where it gets slimy and weird with St. Louis, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've barely had any interaction with Alejandro. I've spent, I've played him in a tournament once. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever had a conversation with him. But I've played at some tournaments that he was playing at the tournament. And uh, 
I'm not really surprised. <laughs> so it's like, so if somebody hung out with him outside of work and had conversations with him, I mean, there's got to be some kind of sense of what could I have figured out? What could I have known? What could I have said? Mm-hmm. You have to have some kind of. This world is also so small. Like if you, I was just thinking about the Harvey Weinstein case. That's a much bigger population with like actors and producers and yada, yada. Right, people coming and going. We're talking thousands and thousands of people. No, dude, you go to St. Louis, that's a small community in terms of like, let's say the girls who are playing there at the the girls event that he's hitting on and stuff. That's a small community. People know stuff, dude, people know. So anyways, I'm just saying like, St. Louis isn't done. They're not done with this problem. And US chess, oh my God, we're just, that's like, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I remember playing at a tournament with him 13 years ago. And I guess he would have been 22 at the time. And he was wearing a shirt that said, I recycle girls. Like, that's what his shirt said. And it wasn't like ironic. It wasn't a costume party or anything. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and was like, what the heck is going on with this guy? And then I didn't see him for 10 years, you know, but <laughs> it was not like, I, don't, I can't imagine that it could have been hidden from his acquaintances. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I anyway, think, it's, yeah. it's, it's on you guys to continually make the things around you a little bit better, you know? Yeah, you're in France now. You don't got to worry about it. You can deal with the French <laughs> Chess Federation and their issues. Sure, I will. <laughs> if anything comes up, well, France is actually a little bit better. Another topic I think um, that is we'll at some point have to talk about and um, and mildly related to this is Fide's statement on trans players. And that's kind of playing out. I feel like that's playing out in France more than any other country right now. Um, yeah. and okay. So- here's what, here's what I'm doing. Kosti in France tonight, I'm going to the local chess club and I'm going to teach a free lesson. Uh-huh. Last night in the street, a guy said out the window to me, like there was a street slightly blocked by two cars doing a weird maneuver. And he said, Sorry, man, it's going to take a while. You know, there's a woman at the steering wheel. Ha, 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 ha. And I said, that's mm. not a cool thing to say. So that's what I'm doing in France. You and said that? He, the other guy said the bad thing. And I said, you know, yeah, yeah, it was like, like I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to laugh with you about this. Like, <laughs> I don't know, 50 years ago, your friends thought that was funny, but no. <laughs> wow. Nice. Good for you. Okay, should we go to the final topic? Uh, wait, I think Let's we have to keep two it going. More. Well, they're interrelated. I'm going to say okay. they're okay, a little bit. All right, next topic. Um, Magnus, he was at the FIDE World Cup and having a tough time. He almost lost this match to Keimer. Uh, he was very, very close. He won the match. After the match, he gives this frank interview, says he's been struggling, he finds classical chess stressful and boring, 
And uh, actually, he really gave the impression, of course, he's been trending this way for a while, but he really gave the impression that like he's just about to quit classical chess altogether mm -hmm. and just focus on uh, speed chess. Because also a little bit later, he said that he would consider the world championship if it had a mixed format, if it had like blitz, rapid, classical games as well. And I think, yeah, very soon after that, this was a little while ago, but very soon after that, uh, Levy, Gotham Chess, he put out a tweet also saying that chess should be faster if we want it to be like more marketable, if we want people to uh, hmm. make more money, have a better ecosystem. Pretty much going off of like Magnus's suggestions. I remember the timing being very, very close. Um, and he got a lot of support. And um, yeah, you know what, guys? Lately, I've been playing a lot of classical. And I'm like, I'm feeling the Magnus thing. It is stressful and boring sometimes. <laughs> you know, you play this long game, you make one mistake, and that's it. You just ruined your entire, not just your game, but like your tournament. You ruined like 10 days of your life. It's brutal. It's brutal. Whereas you can 10 just years when you realize chess. all the 10 years when you realize all your training led you to that one moment. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 horrifying. You know, it's like it doesn't matter how good you are in chess, you will experience the lowest of lows, right? Look at Nepo, how close he was to the world championship, and he just like literally like one or two moves away. I thought Magnus beat him by quite handily. <laughs> the other world championship, <laughs> he loses the game or loses the tiebreak, and then. It's just brutal. With rapid chess, or not even oh, rapid well, that's, chess. That's I mean, because they decided with rapid for chess. Like G60, you know? These guys are calling for not even rapid chess. They're just calling for a, a non behemoth classical. They're just saying a classical game should take two hours, not five to six. Two I honestly don't rapid. think it's such a bad uh, take, guys. Remember, Magnus knows what he's talking about. I right? remember we're always like, Magnus is the greatest chess player of all time. He has a sense for these things. Yeah. Yeah, look, chess was always supposed to be stressful. That's 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 part of it. But everybody can choose how they want their relationship to chess to be. Like you can be stressed out about it or you can you can relax. Like he could work on relaxing. It's possible. Um, so you know, he can take responsibility for it himself. And if it's not working out for him, he can do something else. And frankly, there's a ton of rapid tournaments. It's not like he can't find enough rapid tournaments or enough people to play rapid chess with. But, I mean, the real chess is always going to be classical chess. You hear that, For boss? most people. That's what most yeah. people are always going to agree on, So, Yeah. Oh, so what yeah. most people think is correct is now the correct choice. Is that right? <laughs> well, first, first of all, I don't know if it's always going to be most people, but... Um, I do think, first of all, that classical chess is harder and it's more nerve wracking. And I feel like it's in, until someone appreciates the book, you know, thinking fast and slow, you don't understand why. Blitz is easy. You get into a flow. You're using system one. System two, buddy, you're going to the caloric output. Everything's just going to be out there. All these emotions. And it's harder, dude. It's just much, much harder. Um so for Magnus and the rest, it's like uh, it's easier, especially when you're an older dude, to be like, no, I, I can't I can't do it. And let's remember that Karpov reinvented himself as like a rapid player. Why? Because as an older dude, it's just like, oh, it's much easier. You can play with intuition. 
you know, you don't have to calculate as much. So, yeah. you know, but if you want to call yourself world champion, I'm sorry, my friend. I'm sorry, Magnus. We've been over this, buddy. You haven't been listening. You want to be world champion. There's only one way, and it's not the Mickey Mouse thing you're playing online, buddy. That's not it, buddy. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It, it's fine if people want to play rapid, and some people want to play blitz, and some people want to play, you know, something intermediate like game 60. And we put in all kinds of different time controls in our training program, right? I mean, it's fine. Different things are appropriate for different people at different times. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, there are already rapid events. There's something called the World Rapid Championship. So why would you take the classical world championship and make it rapid? That makes no sense. You already have a rapid world championship. Well, they're talking and, about shortening it, you know, like making a G45 or G60. No, they should lengthen it. So They've it already be, shortened it. It wouldn't be rapid chess. It would It would still be that is rapid chess. That is rapid chess. That is rapid. And Guys, it's less, the most popular and less distinguishable from in the, the world right now is like 10 plus zero. That's like the number one time control being being played. Maybe five plus zero. That's right. Like, that's like circumstance. Like, oh, because uh, oh, well, people are on the on their phones. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like people. Too. That's like me playing Catan, dude. I don't have that much time. I'm just gonna relax. You know, maybe have some lunch. You know, that's no. what people. That's like that's like saying like watching Netflix is the most popular activity. Hence, it's the best, right? It's just there's so many reasons for why people do different things, but there's no need to change classical chess like if you want to have a 45 minute event organize a bunch of 45 minute games call it slow rapid or whatever there, i mean there give it a new reasons name to change classical chess there are reasons i mean the support for it is uh well we talked about this before right it depends on wealthy sponsors right like looking at the current classical ecosystem a big problem with this is fide Fide is always the problem. It's always the big problem. Is it's like they have no like real corporate sponsors. So it's like the classical events aren't exciting and they don't do a great job of promoting them. If an event does well, it's because chess.com or like uh, nowadays like creators are like promoting the event. So. Well, let me just say, I it's, think one thing that's yeah, interesting, out. Is this is not the first time that people have like had this epiphany and said, oh, we need to do rapid chess. That's the only way chess is going to survive. No, that's ancient. This is an ancient thing. And we've seen this show before. And the surprising thing that happens is that no one, the surprising people to those who claim that is that people actually aren't interested in watching blitz events or rapid events. It doesn't have the interest that people thought it was going to do. When I was a kid, this goes back, we're talking 1990. They were like, oh, we're going to have all these rapid events. The public's going to be into it. No, the public never was. And I wasn't into it as a fan either. No, it's just a bunch of people moving really fast. It doesn't express what's interesting about the classical game. Namely, you're seeing real thought in action. That's what's that's what people want. They want to know, like, what does it mean to have a really high level of thought? Yeah, I'm into it, too. Let's find out what it is, boss. Very interesting. But the the blitz stuff and the rapid stuff that it's just easy candy that no one cares about. No, one, I like we're 
you put Kosia that you want to talk about the rapid tournament. I haven't been following that. Most people I know, are, no, it's not interesting at all. Now, did I play in a rapid event this last weekend and win it? Yes, but did it mean something? No, no, boss. Was I happy no. I won? Was there a little bit of suspense? Sure, okay, but it wasn't real chess. Yeah. yeah. To see the games from the World Cup, the classical games, I would, uh, you know, take my take like my phone or a tablet or something and take a walk and sit outside on the doorstep of a family member in town so I could use their internet and check out those games. And on tiebreak games, I didn't do that, only on the classical days, you know? And I certainly didn't look at a single game from the World Rapid Team thingamajig that Jesse just referenced, right? Okay, but you guys are but, expressing but everybody your, can your pick personal for themselves. preferences. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when it like we look at the the numbers, right? People are tuning in more for the online events. Right, maybe that's just because I think it's people tune in more for the classical world championship than for any other event. True. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think it's just me. Yeah. No, no, no. Classical world championship is one thing, of course. That's a huge event. Yeah. Um, but if you take like some random classical tournament, like FIDE Grand Prix, or any kind of random, I don't know, open even a big open, like, uh, no, a lot more people are watching the Rapid and Blitz stuff. Now, as chess players, you guys might not be interested in it, but, like, that's where, it's like, right now, that's where kind of, like, the online market is sitting. I mean, it's, like, the numbers aren't even, aren't even close. Like, I remember, like, compare PogChamps to Singfield Cup, or, like, one of these big events. I mean, it's, PogChamps is like 10x more. Like it's like it's not even close. And and you know what's interesting about that is that I feel like if there is going to be a move towards faster chess, then a lot of it to me is about chess.com. I feel like ch it's in chess.com's interest to push faster and faster chess. And one simple way that they've done that is just to eliminate basically the category of classical chess. They call rapid anything that like 10-0 is a rapid, you know, a classic, you know, <laughs> they call it rapid. They don't even call it classical, but that's their longest time control. So it's in their interest to push these events. It's there in their interest because uh, it's just easier for their marketing, you know, wh where they are to do it like that. Um, so, you know, to me, that's <clears throat> just a fascinating thing with chess.com. But when you look at like the world, are they the outside world? No, they're not interested, boss, in your rapid events. They're only I interested. Think like, they're only interested. I think it's good to have all of it. Agreed. But I'm just trying to say, boss, this, we've been through this rapid discussion before. So when people start telling me what Coach is telling me, I'm like, boss, oh, history. We've been here. We've done this one, Coast to Coast. Come on. Yeah. Mm. But again, it's not just the rapid. I think for me, the bigger thing is to just shorten the class, at least like, oh, my God, make 90-30 the, the max, please. please. If you're going to do two rounds a day, Jeez, like ninety, anything longer than ninety plus thirty is is just it's killing people. A lot of people actually just like straight up quit tournaments, right? Because it's like they're 
They just don't want to do it. Hard. A lot of people don't it's play tournaments. You guys know we have a lot of people in our community that love chess, don't play tournaments. They maybe play That's one tournament a year. Hard, dude. That's because it's hard. They take but there's tournaments long. at all kinds of different... No, no, no. There's tournaments of all kinds of different time controls, so they can just choose which tournament they go to. There aren't blitz and rapid events in like most places. Well, then somebody should run some blitz and rapid tournaments, you know? That's fine, but they should also keep the classical tournaments. Well, I mean, the blitz and rapid, it's, that's a thing. It's like, it's an online thing, you know? Unless you're doing like I did with the state, like rapid uh, championship or whatever, you know, you're not gonna, it's an on, it fits an online model more than anything else. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Also, I should say PogChamps was a bad example because that has a bunch of celebrities playing chess. So obviously that's gonna get more views. But if you look at like, uh, yeah, the chess.com events, like the Speed Chess Championship, Champions Chess Tour, those mm. get thousands and thousands of views, like tons and tons. Mm. Um, way more interest. But chess.com doesn't have a comparable, doesn't have a comparable property that's classical chess to compare it with. Well, they'll do and, the stream for classical events. They'll do a stream for like yeah, world championship and things like that. Though interestingly, now that they cut their ties with St. Louis, they're going to be doing a lot less. Yeah, presumably. Well, they don't really do commentary on the St. Louis events. They just uh, they put the event up. So that's going to stop, most likely. Well, they were doing I, commentary. Yeah, I'm not sure what the argument what what the argument really is here. I mean, okay, Magnus is, is tired of playing classical chess. For him, classical chess is very different than for all the rest of us. So already, like, you know, it's a question of do other 2700s want to play classical chess or not, right? Where they're playing on a different level with opening theory and endgame theory and, and so forth that, that the rest of us don't have. But uh, but in general, for the, for the public, you just let anybody who wants to organize a tournament organize a tournament at any time control. And those who want to complain, it can complain it. Those who want to spectate can come spectate. And, you know, you just let let it decide that way. And if the World Chess Championship as it is died out in popularity for some reason, then at some point you could stop running it. But as long as it hasn't died out, you can just let it keep going. You don't have to eliminate it or change it. If you want something at 45 minutes or 60 minutes or 72 minutes, whatever, do it. Organize another event. And if your event's more popular, cool. You hear the let's just let's just let's just have a moment here, David. Kosia's he's trending towards the dark side because he he's not having fun in this tournaments no more. It's too hard for Kosia Coast, dude. It's too hard. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, you work That's just that's just because you hung a queen at your last tournament. Normally you're doing good. <laughs> Normally, you've got so much a, energy, Coast. That wasn't a classical game. <laughs> see, that's the oh, thing. Oh, well, yeah. now we see how the appeal of rapid chess. Kosti can hang his queen instead of playing real chess. That's, um, no, but like, that's uh, that's part of it. And I think that's why a lot of people quit because it's, it's too hard. It's too expensive. You have to travel a bunch mm -hmm. to play very long chess. Uh, it's mm -hmm. bad for your body. Like it's straight up, you have to make bad health decisions. You sleep less, you have to eat really crappy food, right? Because you don't have time to cook. 
there, I don't know. There's a lot of issues. There's a lot of reasons why people have stopped playing uh, tournaments. So I don't know. Sure. But I mean, you could say the same thing with like the NBA. It's probably not good for the health of anybody who plays in the NBA, right? To play in it. But some people love it. And... Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, do you, Are players quitting the NBA? And is LeBron calling it stressful and boring? Some some people, I mean, they get paid a lot of money, man. But uh, some people are quitting. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, hard. people are always quitting at at different yeah. ages and different points. It gets hard for everybody as they age. Yeah, you know, a lot like, of people at Magnus's age would be quitting the NBA. I don't, I don't remember LeBron, Michael Jordan, Kobe, Shaq. I don't remember like a huge NBA player quitting because the format uh, was just so. We had that guy quitting the NBA. Really? We, you just we mentioned had... one of them. Michael Jordan quit because it was too easy to win and he wanted to try something that would be harder, yeah. baseball. Yeah. That's oh, part okay, of Magnus' okay. problem. Well, too easy to win is uh, different. Uh, <laughs> all right, he, he won everything. You know, he's like he's like Magnus. <laughs> he can do what he wants. <laughs> he won like well, six championships, right? He won like six out of six. I mean. And a lot of yeah. this is all Magnus's personal well, he played more than six years. But... Like this whole thing about... The rapid is so much in my head about what Magnus's personal drama is. For one, like yeah. he had the dream of making twenty nine hundred classical, and that dream yeah. is completely shattered. It's not going to happen, boss. So now he's like, yeah, maybe it's not so interesting. So it's like, right? I get it. You 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 need a goal in life, right? And what he doesn't understand, and I'll tell him right now, is these Indian kids are coming to give him a bloody nose. But he thinks he's still going to be on the top because you know you have that winner's bias. You think you're going to last. No, but they're going to come yeah. for you, Bows. Yeah. They're coming right now. They are working every day, studying your cheap games, looking to beat you, buddy. <laughs> That's right. Ask Gukesh or Prague if they find classical chess boring and stressful. Yeah, dog. Come on, give me a break. They're coming. For They'll you. be like, "Give me more. Give me more. <laughs> give me Magnus." <laughs> Their Give me kids, that they got that. They got that energy. Did um, you guys see Prague's advanced French game at the World mm -hmm. Cup? With white or with black? Which with game? white advanced French? Mind blowing. The round before he played Aragaisi. Mm. Round four or so. I don't remember. He had an amazing oh, game with black. If you'd seen earlier. it, you would remember. Against. If you'd seen it, you'd remember. No, those That's kids something. are all amazing, dude. Those kids are all amazing. Okay, guys, let's stop there. Oh, okay. Because you wanted to talk about some rapid event, but me and David don't care. Oh no, it's just it's just this funny story. This world rapid team champ. Anyway, it's a whole thing, but it's uh -huh. it's long gone. I don't think anyone really cares about it. Um, <laughs> was it better than the world? Was it better than the normal world team championship played at classical time controls? The funny thing is the. The World Team Championship is being played at rapid time controls. The like normal the, one is? Yeah, like the, the previous one, the previous edition, 2022 or whatever, it was played and it wasn't a full classical time The control. one where they have the eight um, teams, right? Like whatever, the six that did best at the at the Olympiad and... Exactly. Well, right now they have the, uh, the Women's World Team Championship going on. I don't know what the time control is for that mm -hmm. one, but for the open That's version of that event... That's in Poland right now, huh? Yeah. yeah. For the open version, it was... It was like G40 or something. It was some, it was some shorter, yeah. shorter time control. So look, if these people want to organize another rapid tournament that some people will watch and some people won't, let them do it. Fine. Okay. Well, 
Some, some of us are concerned about the health of, of the game, but you know. Of course. <laughs> I, I'm full of concern for all kinds of things. <laughs> it's like, I'll yeah, let it happen. Me... You know, if it dies out, it dies out. You know, then we'll know it didn't work. Let me and just say, actually, I, I would say, if I, I think chess is mostly doing great. Okay. If chess has a problem, it's chess.com is not stopping the cheaters, especially at the lower levels. Like what I'm seeing at, at what, with my student at 2000, every other game being a cheater, that's a problem for chess too. Because then you ask to talk about fast time controls. How are you supposed to be playing chess with that kind of thing in your head? I don't know. And, you know, one of the great things about over the board classical is you don't have to be worried about some cheaters all the time. But where does blitz and rapid happen? It happens on the Internet. And that's where I see a real problem. Just becomes really boring to me, man. When we're dealing with cheaters all the time. So in, we need some way to take a stand. That to me is the biggest problem when I and let me just say, I changed my mind from like a year ago because it was not as rampant as it is now. Now it is like, whoa, it is out of control. No, it was definitely, it's definitely been, been, been rampant. But chess is booming because of online chess, not because of OTB tournaments. Chess I boomed during the, right. the pandemic when OTB I was basically dead. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. Well, you know, you guys, um, you OTB fanatics have to give a lot of credit <laughs> to the online space for actually bringing people in i i mean i've got nothing against there being an online space ghost yeah i even helped to create the online space take that buddy i i just don't see a need to like try to cancel something else as long as it's still running right as long as people are showing up for classical tournaments players spectators sponsors then let let it be Right. And always, always innovate. Everyone is people show up because everyone gives it importance. It's like everyone accepts money because we all agree that money has value. Yeah. But like, for example, I think we should be playing classical chess 960. I think that'd be great. Right. But I wouldn't say, you know, let's go to some existing event, you know, come in and be like, hey, we're changing your rules, right? I would say like somebody should organize some tournaments that are chess 960. And then if they're like cool and popular, then great. Then, you know, if they're spectators, then great. Then organize more. You know, I just think have some variety. Try. You should always be innovating, trying different things, seeing what people enjoy. But you don't need to like make efforts to kill off things. Okay. Amen. I mean, All right. I don't know, trying new, th every time you try a new event, people are always like, what about the previous format? You're killing, you know, whatever the event used to be. So there's always, I don't know, you can't try new events without, like if you run a big rapid and blitz tournament, then people are gonna be like, oh, so you're trying to kill classical. No, no, just creating something else. No, no, we've had discussions before on this channel where we were talking about chess.com investing resources into online events and and jesse we had a whole show that was called is chess.com killing chess that was like the topic that was like the title yeah <laughs> maybe it's more jesse's pushing but well look i think it would be great if chess.com tried some classical events too and didn't push puzzle rush and and stupidity as hard and low attention span stuff but they're welcome to try 
to try new things for sure. They should they should run those events. I just think they should go for even more variety, honestly. That's my personal take. All right. Okay. Let's end it there. Thanks, everyone. Uh, please subscribe. Rate the podcast. And we'll see you guys next time.